0: Roll, baby. Welcome in. It is yet another edition of East Coast Bias with two-thirds of the East Coast Bias crew here ready to roll, ready to get you set for the second to last week in August as we move closer to week zero in college football and we move closer to the start of the NFL season, which is now less than three weeks away. Hallelujah for that. Raheem Palmer back from his Stockholm trip, looking fresh as always. Yours truly JJ Johnji Strzemski. We are missing our buddy Joe House, who right now is getting his Eat on and is getting his Italia on as he is enjoying Europe across the board. Uh Raheem, Stockholm man, you you survived, you made it back. Hello, sir. How we doing? Oh, it's absolutely
1: amazing. It was life changing. I got a chance to meet a bunch of Ringer personalities that I never even got a chance to speak of. Some that I didn't even know existed that are killing it on the Ringer podcast network. I mean, it was great to see the city. I got to do some touring. Um, as I said on Twitter, I got my Illuminati membership because uh, you know some of those places were just absolutely incredible and beyond my wildest dreams. So it was perfect.
0: <laughs> had a good time and After I get through what's going to be a big event for me on Friday, next year we could start putting the wheels in motion for Mr. Jastrzemski to make his way to Stockholm, Sweden. I don't know if Stockholm and JJ can actually fit the same sentence, but we'll we'll try and find a way, brother. We will try and find a way. I want to get to this right out of the gate here. And it's tough to have like these grand conclusions, what you're seeing with preseason football you always want to kind of take what you see in the preseason with a little bit of a grain of salt but you threw in our chat yesterday that you were going to take the Washington Commanders against this all-time Baltimore Ravens preseason streak to the point now where Raheem this Raven preseason cover streak it just kept building momentum, building momentum, building momentum. You knew at some point in time the books were going to catch on to this. And you, my friend, were on the right side of that move.
1: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you look at John Harbaugh, 44-13 record in the preseason as a head coach. And, you know, the one thing that's interesting about this Ravens team is that they have three quarterbacks who all fit into the same mold. So they're not changing their playbook anytime they go to the backup quarterback. And it, it speaks to the depth of their roster and what they want to do. And it's just, it feels like honestly, if Tyler Huntley was out there and he was hurt, he didn't play. If he was out there, they might've won that game. So it just speaks to the depth of that team. But last night was the, the key spot. I mean, first half and full game. You look at the fact that Tyler Huntley didn't play. You look at the fact that Sam Howell, I mean, He was incredible last night. And, you know, the Washington Commanders, obviously they got a new owner, Josh Harris, owner of the Philadelphia Sixers. And he was just trying to set the stage. And they wanted to build some momentum. So I felt like it was a good spot to fade the Ravens last night.
0: Well, job well done. I'm glad that you cashed. But just looking at those two teams, Baltimore is a team, Raheem that you, I know specifically, have been high on in the past. Last year, you were all over the Ravens across the board, as was I. We know the Ravens took it up a notch defensively with the addition of Roquan Smith. They're also a team that I I can't get out of my head what I saw in those first five, six weeks, where they had the massive lead against Miami and choked it away. They had the massive lead against Buffalo and they choked it away. They had the 10-point fourth quarter lead against the New York Giants, and they found a way to choke that game away. And, and I find myself, for him in a weird spot with the Ravens because you know how I feel about their coach. I think John Harbaugh is as good as that. Listen, Belichick has the resume. Andy Reid right now is probably the top kahuna because of what he's done with Patrick Mahomes. But, like, when I talk about top coaches in the league, I'm not having that conversation without mentioning John Harbaugh. That's how much respect I have for John Harbaugh. So I, I, I never, like, am looking to fade a John Harbaugh coach team. I just wonder, though, with Baltimore, between the injuries with Lamar Jackson and how much we've seen of that over the last couple of years. And, and this secondary, Raheem, it just seems like injury after injury after injury. Like, I, I, I look at the division. I look at the AFC. And I'm not willing to jump into the deep end of the pool with the Ravens. Like, I'm, I'm not fading them necessarily. Like, I'm not giving out their unders. I'm not betting them to miss the playoffs. But I'm not, like, getting on board with the Super Bowl hype. Or I'm not going to be picking them to win the division. Your guys got a lot of Ravens stock. Where do we stand on that?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm really concerned about this Ravens team. I think they kind of have the highest discrepancy between where they could be. I mean, when you look at the offense, I mean, obviously Lamar Jackson is a superstar and they replaced the offensive coordinator. You bring in Todd Munkin, and this is gonna be a team that should have an explosive offense. They were top five in explosive offense last year. I mean, we all know with Lamar Jackson in the lineup, they were eight and four last year, even with you know, those losses to Miami and the losses to the New York Giants, where they blew him, they were eight and four before he got hurt. So that says a lot about what this team is. And then obviously, you add Odell Beckham. Like, I expect the offense to be there. My concern is with the defense because the defense was a real concern last year. They couldn't stop anybody, they were 25th in pressure rate, 17th in ESPN's pass rush win rate and you saw that the secondary is a complete mess and they had a lot of guys going down last night so I just don't know if this team's gonna be able to stop anybody I think they're gonna they're gonna come and go as Lamar Jackson plays um obviously I did say I like the Ravens on the previous preview pop before I felt like they were a team that could go over nine and a half wins and w- they would be a good shot to win the division and a good shot to win the Super Bowl but I'm kind of easing back on my on my Ravens stock. I'm kind of selling some of it off, but I'm not going to lie to you. I do think Lamar Jackson, he probably is an MVP candidate this year.
0: And we are going to do that next week where we dive into all sorts of the awards here on East Coast Bias, where we'll have MVP picks. We'll have some coach of the year picks. Maybe we'll even have a little bit of fun and get involved for the first coach to be fired. So I'll be in the lab with that. Raheem will be in the lab. We'll get House back and we'll try to figure out how we're going to go and handicap that. And and you know, Raheem, on that subject, it's amazing now. You can't even look at MVP odds and consider any other position but quarterback. Like, it has now gotten to the point, as juicy as some of those odds may be, like, we've seen some, like, all-time years from other positions. Like, Derrick Henry has done it. Justin Jefferson has done it. And they're not even, like, getting a sniff, bro, for the MVP, so my advice to everybody out there and my advice to the two of you guys when we sit down to do this next week, it's not even worth coming to the table and bringing up somebody other than a quarterback to win the MVP. It's like Rahemia donating money at that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at like... Cooper Cup and Calvin Johnson almost had 2,000-yard receiving years, and they didn't come close to winning it. The last running back to to win the award was Adrian Peterson in 2012, and he ran for 2,000 yards coming off an ACL injury. And if it wasn't for the ACL injury, I'm not sure if he gets it. So this is a quarterback's award. I mean, before that, you have to go back to Ladanian Timeless in and, and 2006. So don't bet on anybody else but a quarterback, and you're looking for a quarterback who could probably win around
0: 12 games because otherwise they're not getting it. Remember that piece of advice when we're sitting here next week, and I don't want to see any mentions in our timelines about running backs or receivers or defensive players. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. They're not winning MVP awards. Uh, quickly, Raheem, the other team we saw last night, Washington Commanders, you talked up how he's going to be the starting quarterback. Here's my problem with Washington. They are in the wrong division for upward mobility in the NFC. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of conversation about, yes, the NFC is a lot more wide open. Yes, there's opportunities to go and make moves in the NFC because you don't have Mahomes in Kansas City. You don't have Burrow in Cincinnati. You don't have Allen in Buffalo and Josh Allen and some of these other teams. like. The Detroit Lions, for example, are favored to win a division. The New Orleans Saints, for example, are favored to go and win a division. But I I keep coming back to Washington, and this is why I'll be playing them as an under this year. Inexperienced quarterback. I feel like Rivera is in this weird transition period where he's eventually going to be phased out as a coach. And I see Philadelphia. I see Dallas. And I see the New York Giants, who were a playoff team a year ago. I'm out on the C-words, dude. I, I, they, they, you could try to sit there and make a case for them. I, I think they have five, six-win team written all over them. That's just the way I see it.
1: I don't know how you make a case for this team. When you look at this team, first things first is they have a a, a brutal schedule. And I mean difficult schedule. I mean top ten in difficulty this year. And look, if you look at their schedule, they're only favorites in two games this year. In week one against the Arizona Cardinals, they're laying six. And in week five against the Bears, they're laying one and a half. Outside of that, they're dogs in every single game this year. I mean, when you look at what they did last year, they were 5-3-1 and one in one-score games, which we all know in the NFL, one-score game, luck tends to regress. Um, they also had fumble luck on their side. I mean, like, everything is going against them. They don't have a good offensive line. If you ask me, Riverboat Ryan. Like, this guy hasn't had a winning season since 2017. And if you ask me, with the new ownership, he's on the hot seat. And I just don't expect him to make it through. The offensive line is is a complete mess. I expect him to have continue to have a good defense. But we all know defense, it's not consistent year to year. I mean, with the offensive line, with the schedule, I love the under six and a half wins. I think they're the worst team in NFC East.
0: Well, I totally agree with that. There's no doubt in my mind. And if you look at FanDuel right now, the Washington Commanders, Raheem minus 122 to go under six and a half wins. I feel very good about that. That is one that I'm going to be adding to the portfolio as I start to finalize these future totals over the next couple weeks. Washington will be a last place team in the NFC East. Totally on the same page. All right, when we come back, how do you gauge and how do you judge what you've seen in preseason? And can it influence you at all for what you're going to do as far as regular season wagering? Now, we'll also have a little fun with a little stock up, stock down, because there are a couple of teams that have caught my eye a smidge by what I've seen in the preseason. And, yeah, we're going to overreact a little bit. That's what we do around here. It's East Coast bias right here on FanDuel TV and the of Gambling Show coming right back. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. And, you know, watching this team over the weekend, how the Houston Texans get in seven games. Somebody want to explain that to me? I know D'Amico Ryans. I know they added some veterans. Please, that team is going to stink safe under. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit fanduelcom gamblers and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present. Select state's first online real money wager. Only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is not withdrawable. Bonus bets. They expire seven days after receipt restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I
1: started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil
0: visit JiffyLube.com. All right, Raheem. So we've been doing this a while. How many times for you, and and I don't expect you to give me a certain number, but maybe there's an example you can think of over the years where what you've seen in preseason has altered and shifted your opinion. Is there a team you can think of where you watched them in the preseason and you were like, Wow, I'm in, or wow, I'm out, and it's okay if no, because it is preseason football, and you also don't want to go nuts with what you see in preseason football. But just curiously, has there ever been a team that's like open your eyes, or has yeah, open your eyes one way or another? We're like I'm in or I'm out because of what you're seeing.
1: I don't know if there's been a team that's opened my eyes or just you know had me totally out on them but I think there's things that you can take from preseason that like on individual players um, to where you can say, you know what? I think this, this player is going to be something. And I mean, you you look at Dak Prescott's rookie year, um, you could see, all right, he's going to be a player. And I think that was, that was pretty obvious from the door. So you'll see stuff like that, but I don't know if there's ever a team to where you're saying, you know what? I'm in on this team. I'm out on this team. It's more so individual players. Um, I think that's how, you know, like I look for him.
0: I think that's a really good way to look at it. Um, I remember Russell Wilson's rookie year in the preseason with Seattle. I was like, this mm-hmm. guy's got to be the starting quarterback. And sure enough, he was the starting quarterback. And the rest, as they say in Seattle, is history. Another one I remember, and it took him a year, Raheem, to find his way <laughs> onto the team to make an impact. Victor Cruz in 2010. It was a very highly anticipated Jet-Giant preseason game because the Jets were fresh off the AFC title game. The Giants were still the Giants with Eli Manning and Tom Coughlin at that point. And I'm like, who's this Cruz guy? He's torching the Jets. Rex Ryan is all upset. He's all pissed off about it. He didn't make much of an impact in the 2010 season. But the 2011 season, Victor Cruz had a monster year for the Giants and was instrumental in them going and winning their second Super Bowl. So I think that's really a good way to look at it. So that leads us to a little stock oh, stuff. Oh, before we
1: move on, there's a good one this year, and I think, I mean, Raiders fans will tell you, Aiden O'Connell coming out of Purdue. I mean, he's the backup quarterback for the Raiders. We all know Jimmy Garoppolo. This guy is very injury-prone. No one expects him to make it through the season. And if you look at the way O'Connell has played in the – in the preseason. I mean, he's 26 of 36 for 304 passing yards with three touchdowns and zero interceptions. I mean, he's absolutely tearing it up this preseason. And, you know, if you go back to Brock Purdy last year, Brock Purdy looked really good last year in preseason. I know a lot of people aren't paying attention to these late preseason games, like in the second half when the third and fourth stringers are in. But, I mean, Aiden O'Connell, he could be something. So that's a guy, that's a name that you want to look out for.
0: I love it. A little planting a seed for maybe something you'll see down the line, Raheem. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. A couple of teams where their stock is up, a couple of teams where their stock is down. I want to get to this. Um, I didn't necessarily buy this team when we did our conversation on the AFC North. And I still don't know if I'm going to be picking them to make the playoffs. I definitely won't be picking them to win the division, but I have to say the Pittsburgh Steelers look like a team that's going to be a problem. And, you know, Mike Tomlin always has teams ready to go. But the guy, Raheem, who just continues to just impress me more and more, how about Pickens, man? That dude can go and make plays left and right, left and right, left and right. You take him, get him another year of seasoning under his belt. If Deontay Johnson could just hold on to the football, the guy gets open at will, You usually see quarterbacks make a step from the first year to the second year. And and I don't know if Kenny Pickett has the wow factor about him as far as like the big arm or the big mobility, but there is, and I do believe in this, an if factor about him that you saw at the end of some games last year that I found to be rather impressive. Keep T.J. Watt on the field. improve Steeler offense. Raheem, I'm saying stock up for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those guys, I know they've been playing in the preseason. They've looked good in the preseason. Uh, the big guys look ready to go, dude. You look at Kenny
1: Pickett, I think he was 9 of 11 for 113 yards and two touchdowns and three drives in two games. So, I mean, this guy is just – I mean, like I didn't expect him to make a leap this year. And when you look at the pieces around him, I mean, you got you uh, a guy like George Pickens. You, you got a guy like Allen Robinson II. And then more importantly – I don't know if you've been seeing what Jalen Warren has been doing at running back.
0: I he mean, looks better still Raheem, a... he looks better than Najee Harris, Najee no, Harris. I'm... And I know that, see, this is the problem. We fall in love with guys who are first round picks. We fall in love with guys who we see in college. Najee Harris was one of those guys. Cause he had a tremendous, tremendous college career at Alabama for you fantasy owners out there. He got an insane amount of volume in the last couple of years, dude. The end of last year that was starting to phase him out a little bit, and Warren, look, dude, he's got to get more of the carries as far as I'm concerned, Raheem.
1: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I think one of the biggest things that people don't realize is that you win football games with explosive plays. Najee Harris's career-long run is 37 yards. Jalen Warren busted out a 62-yard run the other day. So if you can have explosive players on the field, that will help you win. And we all know when it comes to the Steelers— they're going to have a top-tier defense. They were 8-2 and two with T.J. Watt in the lineup last year. He missed seven games last year. And, I mean, we all know it. You guys know Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. And at this point, if Kenny Pickett is going to make the lead, I think you could almost look at Mike Tomlin as coach of the year
0: because, I mean, they could easily exceed expectations. I was thinking about playing Evrahim as an under. And it had nothing to do with Tomlin. It had nothing to do with the team. I just, like the schedule, the the division, somebody's got to finish the last out of those four particular teams. You know what I mean, dude? But I'm out now. Major cold feet, too much Tomlin paranoia. Steelers haven't had a losing season under his tenure. I'm just sitting back and I'm enjoying that one, Raheem. There's no way I'm getting involved with the Steelers as an under. Let it, let yeah, it I, not. I'm
1: not gonna touch that one. I'm not gonna touch it over, or I'm, or am I gonna touch it under? But I think the one thing that I, I'm like, I'm, I'm really starting to look at is I like the Cincinnati Bengals under an 11 half wins. Um, I could easily see the the Bengals starting off 0 and 2. Uh, I mean, you look at the Bengals. Look at look at their schedule. They start they start the season against Cleveland and Baltimore, and they never play well
0: at Cleveland. Never. They, they lost there, ne- remember never. that Monday night game, Brissette that was one of those big sucker plays. I think uh, I think Cincinnati was like laying two and a half in that Monday night game on Halloween, Raheem. I remember that one well.
1: And, and, I mean, Burrow's still not healthy. The offensive line is still an issue. They have some rest disadvantages. I mean, you look from week eight on, they got Buffalo, San Francisco, Baltimore, Pittsburgh twice. I mean, we all know that's rough. Kansas City, Jacksonville, and Minnesota. Um, and then they have two games against Houston and Indianapolis as big favorites, but... I mean, it's the NFL. They could easily drop, you know, one of those games. So, um, to me, I'm looking at Cincinnati as the team that's going to regress in the division. To be
0: honest with you, Uh, I'm right there with you. Um, And I hate betting against Joe Burrow. He is clearly a guy that's won a lot. Um, (laughs) If you look at a lot of the week by week lines, this got me into some trouble last year, Raheem, where I was betting on Cincinnati and capitalizing when they made their move. Then they started getting in my opinion, a little bit too overvalued in the market. And I still was getting burned. And I still was getting screwed by the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, but I just look at the division. And i that's a tough sell, Raheem, to get that team to 12 wins. And, you know, I think there will probably be one or two teams in the AFC that eventually stand out. And, you know, the one seed in the AFC is probably going to hit 12 or is probably going to hit 13 wins. But with the overall depth of this conference and just the nature of parity that you see throughout the NFL, dude, I have a hard time envisioning the one seed in the AFC getting to like 14 or 15 wins. I I don't, dude. I think it's going to be a very evenly, hotly contested type of conference. I really don't. Like the difference to me between the one seed and the six seed is not going to be that much, I believe, from a win standpoint. I just don't. Yeah, I,
1: I totally agree with you. It's just a stacked conference. I, and I think there's going to be some teams that no one expects to underperform to underperform. I mean, like, like when you look at all of these teams with, you know, really high win totals, I mean, all of them can't go over. It, it's, just, it's just not going to happen. So um, I agree with you there. I think
0: it's going to be really tight. And when you look at the AFC, you go through it, Buffalo, Miami, Rodgers and the Jets, Baltimore and Jackson, Cincinnati and Burrow, the Steelers, who never have losing years, the Browns, who you know I'm very high on going into the year. Then you have the teams in the West, Kansas City and the Chargers. So I think I gave you like nine teams, Raheem. Somebody's got to win the AFC South. So I, I probably should put Jacksonville in that conversation. They at least earned it by getting to the second round last year. But the point I'm trying to make is I gave you a bunch of teams there. They all can't go over. And they all can't go to the playoffs. So when we're sitting here in January, there will be at least two or three of those teams that we all sit back and say, well, something went wrong for them. Whether it was an injury, whether it was multiple injuries, whether it was underperformance, bad chemistry, whatever the case may be, you can't pick them all, Raheem, to go to the postseason. So you could argue there's actually value maybe in taking a couple of those teams to go and miss the postseason. You really could.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, without a doubt. I mean, and injuries are always a thing. Turnover luck is always a thing. I mean, there's going to be different variables and we're going to see it play out. So um, there's definitely value on taking some of some of these teams and miss the postseason. I I think I I, I said I I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo missed the postseason. When you look at week one against the New York Jets, they opened as three point favorites. Well, some of the sharpest betters in the world. They actually took the price with the Jets, and now Buffalo's only laying one. So what does that say to you when you have so many of these professionals willing to tie their money up for months on end for a week one game against the Jets?
0: That means they like the number and they like the value. Um, have you thrown any week one bets in yet?
1: I have not yet. Um, I, I think we're going to save that for closer to I agree. The season. Uh,
0: full disclosure, full disclosure, I have won. I, I've okay. looked at the lines. I have dissected the lines. We're not going to do it on this particular podcast, but I'm just letting you know, Raheem. I have one bet right now. I'll text you on the side. For those of you listening actually, right you, now. You know,
1: you know what? You, you want to give out you want to give out one? Because I, I have one that I like.
0: All right. I I will do that. I wasn't planning on doing that, but I will do that. The the week one bet I have already made, Raheem. And it's on the subject. So I'm glad that we actually tied it in and it actually works and it's very appropriate. I bet the Cleveland Browns over the Cincinnati It's so Bengals. crazy.
1: I, I knew you were going to say that, and that's the one I had in my head too. Excellent. That- <laughs> that
0: makes me feel okay, like much so- better about it. So just so you know, I'm not even going to tell you what the number is because I know Simmons might be listening. All you need to know, I am on the Browns week one against Borough and the Bengals. I mean, like, I'm gonna be
1: honest with you. I, th- I think they win that game outright. Agreed. Like I, I think, I, I Don't think need you, can, a you can you can take the money line. So um, it's, it's there's ones, there's twos in the market. They're gonna win that game. So that's that's one that stands
0: out to me. When we come back, I gave you the Pittsburgh Steelers. This stocks up. Raheem, we'll get your candidate for stock up. We'll also get to a couple of teams with a stock, uh, maybe down. That's coming up right here on East Coast Bias. All right, Raheem, so I give you the Steelers as, to me, a preseason team that I'm kind of reconsidering, you know, like our AFC North preview, I thought I'd be selling stock. Now I'm buying a lot of stock. It just goes to show you how this can change and how it can fluctuate. But it's your turn, buddy. Give me a team whose stock is up from what you've seen so far this preseason.
1: I think the team that that I like whose stock is up, I think it's the Green Bay Packers. Now, we spoke on earlier podcasts about how much we like the Packers. I mean, a big reason why is when you look at Aaron Rodgers last year, he basically played with a broken thumb. I mean, he was 21st in EPA per play, 12th in pro football focuses. Great. But, I mean, Jordan Love, is like he's really, really, really been impressive. I mean, when you look at the fact that, I mean in preseason, 130 yards, 12 of 18 passing, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 124.7 QB rating. And I love the fact that he has a guy that he trusts in tight end Luke Musgrave. I, I like I love that. And I know when you look at historically, rookie tight ends don't tend to do well. Um, but I think he can he he's gonna surprise some people this year. I think there's only been two rookie tight ends who have like gone over 600 yards, I think is Kyle Pitts and Evan Ingram.
0: I think he may be the third one. So you've been on the Packer bandwagon for a while. You know, the more and more I've been thinking about that division, Raheem, it's interesting to me, everyone's talking up the Lions. It's so weird being in a a world where the Lions are favorites to win a division. Like, I, I just don't know how to handle that. I don't know what to do with that. I wanted to talk myself into the Bears and I do think the Bears are going to be improved. And I think Justin Fields with DJ Moore is going to be a thing. The Bears don't have the defense to go and win the division. So like, they just – they don't. you got to have guys who get after the quarterback. They don't have that. They were one of the worst defenses in all football last year. So a little cold feed on the Bears. Do you find it fascinating that the Vikings have now become so trendy, right, in the idea that they're going to regress – They can't be as lucky as they were last year. Like, I was thinking, okay, automatic under, automatic fade with the Vikings. Now, Raheem, I almost think it's like too trendy to be picking against the Minnesota Vikings. And I do think the impact of Brian Flores as a defensive coordinator could be a major, major addition for that team. If he could figure out somehow some way to get that defense in the middle of the pack, I think the Vikings could be a dangerous team as far as – let's put it this way. Their number to win the division is starting to look juicy to me. It's starting to look juicy.
1: Interesting.
0: Why why do you think it looks juicy? I think it looks juicy because they still have Justin Jefferson. They still Mm. have Kirk Cousins who knows how to win in the regular season. And I go and get a premier defensive coach that maybe could take a unit that was one of the worst in the NFL and get him in the middle of the pack. In a division that's not particularly that great, uh, I, I know this. I'm not betting the Lions. Like there, there's no way in the world I'm putting my me betting on the Lions to win a division is not happening. Like I, I'm out on that. I want to back a horse. I know you make a case for Green Bay. I'm not there. I, I I just to me I saw too much bad football early on in the year with the Packers. I don't know if that was Aaron Rodgers related. I don't know if that was the loss of Devontae Adams. Whatever it was, I, I, like, can't get that thought out of my head. And there's just too much unknown for me with Jordan Love. I kind of know what I'm getting with Kirk Cousins, right? Like, he's all reliable. You want to tell me you don't know what you're getting with Kirk Cousins in January? That's fine. The guy knows how to win games for him in the regular season.
1: I just, I still can't back a team who overperformed their Pythag tag this much. And just, they were, you know, 9-0 and in one-score games. Like that's just too much. It's not gonna I just happen think, again. You and I don't really yeah, it's not happening. I, I have to trust the math. And when you look at some of the guys that they lost, I mean, you they they, they didn't want to spend money this this offseason. So that tells me that this organization knows that they really weren't as good as they sh- they showed last year. Obviously you lose guys like Zedarius Smith, Patrick Peterson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Tomlinson. I mean, like a lot of those guys are older, but I mean, it just tells you that this is not a team that is expecting to win now. This will probably be Kirk Cousins' last season in Minnesota. So I'm just not expecting much from this team. I can't buy on them. Just, I mean, I I, like there's certain rules that I go by. And when a team overperforms by this much, I have to fade them like automatically the following year.
0: All right. So you cannot be convinced any which way on the Minnesota Vikings. I understand it. And listen, the math and the numbers are going to indicate that regression is coming for them. I don't disagree with that. I just think regression could be coming potentially in a form where they go and win nine games and win what is a mediocre and not any good NFC North. So there's that. Okay, so Raheem's big on the Packers. Stock down, Raheem. I have this team circled, and maybe it's because I'm here in the New York area, and I've seen two of their preseason games, and maybe I'm like reading a little too much into this and you know I'm getting reports from me members of the media that were at the Jet Panthers joint practices and then you had the Giants taking on the Panthers in a preseason game Carolina has an offensive line problem and anytime I hear about an offensive line problem with not a whole lot of great skill position players and a rookie quarterback I'm out and I told you this I wanted to back either Atlanta or Carolina to go and win the NFC South. I made my mind up. I'm in on the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons to win the South is one of my biggest future plays, as we discussed doing the preview pods. But I tried making the case for Carolina. Now hearing what I'm hearing about offensive line woes, rookie quarterback, I'm out. That's going to be an under for me. And I think Carolina is going to have some serious growing pains first eight to ten weeks of this year they might look better by the end of the year but I think it's going to be a major adjustment period and a lot of holy smokes welcome to the NFL Bryce Young type of moments for him. that's what I see
1: oh yeah I mean I, I see that as well I mean you're looking at Bryce Young this is this guy is an undersized quarterback playing behind a bad offensive line and who are their weapons like you get rid of DJ Moore and replace him with DJ Shark that's I mean that's a, a major downgrade, downgrade. You replace him with, with Adam Thielen. I mean, I like Adam Thielen, but this guy's getting old. Um, and you look at the Panthers offense, what they've done in the preseason. I mean, and I think in the, the first preseason game, Bryce Young only had like 16 offensive yards in his debut and they only had a field goal in the follow-up performance. So you add in the fact that it's a bad offensive line. You have, Bryce Young, who's a rookie quarterback. We all know rookie quarterbacks tend to struggle, but this this is not a guy like Anthony Richardson who has a a giant arm and he has the rushing ability to be able to overcome the things that you see from rookie quarterbacks. In addition, you got Frank Wright at at head coach, but it appears that him and offensive coordinator Thomas Brown aren't on the same page. And we don't know who – like it seems right now Frank Wright is going to be handling the play calling – but I mean, like if, like if him and the offensive coordinator aren't on the same page, they're in a bad spot. So I like the Panthers under seven and a half wins. I also think you can take Bryce Young's passing yards prop under, I think it's like 3,200 or so, so, something like that. I think we need to take that under because I just don't see how Bryce Young is going to be able to survive.
0: We're out on the Carolina Panthers. I'm glad that I came to my senses on the Atlanta Falcons and, I, I know I couldn't get the blessing of everybody on the East Coast by his crew. You know what? I'm I'm starting
1: to get there now. I'm gonna oh, be honest okay. with you.
0: I'm, I like it, so maybe it will stock up Atlanta Falcons. Okay. Yeah,
1: I'm starting to get there now because when you look at the Falcons, I mean they're gonna run the ball, and and BJ B. John Robinson looked really really good. I, I still I still favor the Saints just because I think they they have an easy, a really easy schedule, and I think Daryl Carr is like gonna come out with a chip on his shoulder. But I, I do think the Falcons are going to go over their win total. I just think they, they just have too much competent play.
0: I was thinking about this, Raheem, and it kind of brings us back to the NFC North and the idea that Detroit is in this weird spot as a favorite and Jacksonville is in this weird spot as a favorite. So I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot over the last couple of days. Who mm-hmm. is more vulnerable in your eyes? Is it Jacksonville? who has Vrabel and the Titans to deal with, Richardson and the Colts. You want to tell me he puts up big fantasy stats? That's fine. I can't see that team going to win in a division. I'm sorry. I just can't. The Texans look terrible, dude. I watched the Texans the other day against the Dolphins. I don't know how in the world they have their win total as high as they do, Raheem. That's one we (laughs) – and I know D'Amico Ryans is well-respected. I know they brought in a couple of veterans – There's no way in the world that team is getting to seven games, dude. They they are not getting to seven games. I know it's the NFL. I know weird things happen. I'm sorry. The Texans are going to stink. But between Detroit and Jacksonville, more vulnerable, Jaguars, Lions.
1: I'm going to say the Jaguars. And, I mean, the reason why is because the Jaguars also have issues on the offensive line. And we know Cam Robinson – is gonna be out the first four games, and I, I know you argue me down with this, but I do not like the fact that they're playing back to back games in London. I, I I don't like that at all. No, it bothers you.
0: Yeah, I get it. I get it.
1: You look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. They should have lost Week eighteen against the Tennessee Titans when Josh ja- Dives was was quarterbacking. Like it took a like it took a miracle for them to win that game. So I'm just not buying this Jaguars team. I, I like I really like Trevor Lawrence. I, I love Doug Peterson, but I think they're really vulnerable.
0: I can understand that. To me, it's Detroit though because they don't have the pedigree. That's the thing. Yes. I know Doug Peterson has taken multiple teams to the postseason. I saw Lawrence get it done down the stretch in big games for Jacksonville. Now he didn't play great in that Week 18 game. You're 100 right. And let's be honest, Raheem, he was hideous in the first half of the game against the Los Angeles Chargers, but he showed me that spot. He showed me a little mental toughness, being able to overcome that and lead an all-time playoff comeback. So I think both teams, there's vulnerabilities. Like the idea of talking about either one of these teams as sizable favorites within a division, it's weird. I don't feel particularly good about it. But I'd go the other way here because again, I've seen Jacksonville go and get to the playoffs and win a playoff game. I need to see that from the Detroit Lions. So when we come back, we have a mutual friend. And our mutual friend uh does a podcast. It's outstanding. He's he's a good buddy of ours um and I saw this and he sent it to me actually. So I didn't even see it on Twitter until he sent it to me, and I was bothered. It's good to know a buddy of mine was also bothered by it because we joined up and we ganged up on this particular friend of ours. Who may that be, and what may the pick may be? Uh, you'll find out next. So, Raheem, cousin Sal's a good buddy of mine. You now, because of our our boss, the great Bill Simmons, and you know they'll have their guest alliance pod, and Bill does that with Sal every Sunday, Monday. I love it. It's uh, appointment coffee viewing theater for me because I laugh and they usually poke. They love spitting on my football team, both of them. They they have an anti-dolphin bias, which bothers me. Simmons clearly has it. Sal clearly has it, which is fine. Uh, They're entitled to that. uh, And I'll be entitled to poke fun at them when my team has success. But anyway, Sal sends us a text and he does a pod that I love with a bunch of guys that are great guys. The Parlay Kid, Harry G., brother Bry, So they do against all odds. And they send me a screenshot of Sal's bets and all the guys bets. And one of them, Raheem, was clearly meant to agitate me and get under my skin and poke the bear. Well, guess what? They did all of that because Sal is invested in the Miami Dolphins under seven and a half wins raheem after the season i just had with the yankees if i get under seven wins with the dolphins i'm gonna be the most miserable curmudgeon on the planet going into 2024 um i get the health concern with tua but with all the talent on that miami team dude they're not winning less than seven and a half games no way look
1: i love cousin Sal. Cousin he's been a part of our group chat for quite some time now but he's absolutely insane for this. Look, the line maker set this line at over nine and a half wins for a reason. When you look at last season, what did would do when he was in the lineup? The Dolphins were eight and three, and he was first in EPA for play. He finished the season second in EPA for play, plus completion over expectation behind the one and only Patrick Mahomes. I mean, when you look at who he's throwing to, Tyree Hill, Jalen Waddle. You got Raheem Moster in the lineup, who I think is probably gonna go over, you know, five, six hundred rushing yards, which his prop has said it, which is outlandish. You look at the fact that they added Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator. This is probably the best defensive coordinator we've seen in the last five to ten years. Vic Fangio is that good. He is going to make that defense better. I know they're missing Jalen Ramsey, but I, I think I just think cousin styles absolutely crazy for this. I like the Dolphins to win the division. I already told you I like them over nine and a half wins. If you're not filling the over nine and a half wins, I think you can take the alternate win total, lay some juice with the Dolphins. I think you can get that at, at, at over eight and a half wins, minus 160. Like, they should be able to get there, but I like them to win the division. I, I just think, I, I think Cousin Sal is absolutely crazy. So that's music
0: to my ears. I understand it to a health concern. It's legitimate. You can't run and hide from it. It is a thing. You also have to acknowledge when he plays, the Dolphins have been a terrific team. Even two years ago under Brian Flores, when they didn't have an offense that was tailor-made for his game and he didn't look as good without Tyree Kill, they still, Raheem, were doing nothing but win games when he came back down the stretch. So they got to keep him on the field. I think the biggest concern with Miami that I see, and this is why I'm not picking them to win the division, they are a very top-heavy team. And what I mean by that is, if they lose certain guys, not just Chua, I wonder how it throws them off kilter. Meaning, Teron Armstead, who is a guy I have a lot of concerns about, and his durability. Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle. Like, there are like five guys for the Dolphins they cannot lose for extended periods of time, or... Cousin Sal might get his wish and might be able to cash that ticket. That's Tua Hill, Armstead, Waddle. I'm trying to think who else I would. At throw this in that point, mix. if they
1: lose, if they lose Xavier
0: Howard, they're in trouble. Yeah, I could see that. That's fair. Yeah, and, and because Howard I mean Ramsey is already out
1: to like week Andrew. ten or eleven.
0: But they do have some guys in that secondary I like. Kuhu I like? Cam Smith second round pick I like. So, yeah, you probably put Xavier and Howard in that mix, but they're a top-heavy team. I think that's what I'm getting at, Raheem. That's the only fear I have regarding Miami being a playoff team and wins and all that stuff. What happens if one of those guys is down for a big, massive chunk?
1: I mean, that's just tough. I mean, like, what does Bill Belichick say? I mean, if you tell me when a guy gets hurt, I mean... I, I can do something about it, but you it's, it's tough to bet on injuries. I mean, this like none of this is consistent year to year. You look at Pittsburgh, they were first in adjusted games lost last year. Um, you look at Denver, they were dead last in adjusted games lost last year. It's just, it's all randomness. So I can't go into the season knowing who's going to get hurt and knowing who's going to stay healthy. I can just look at what I see right now on paper. And on paper, this Dolphins team is, you know, one of the most talented Teams in the league, and they also have the AFC's version of Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel. So I'm rolling with the Dolphins. Uh, I, the only the only caveat I have here is that the Dolphins schedule is absolutely brutal. I mean, you gotta play the Chiefs in, in Germany, you gotta play the Jets multiple times down the stretch. Look at weeks 15, 16, 17, and 18. They got the Jets, they got the Cowboys, they're at Baltimore. And then they close the season with With Buffalo.
0: Buffalo. That's a brutal, that is a brutal, brutal, brutal close to the year. You're not wrong about that. All right, Raheem, when we come back, maybe an eye on the future. Major League Baseball. Opportunity in the American League? I say so. We'll close it out. Coming up. All right, before we say goodbye, Raheem. Odds to win a World Series, no surprise. The Braves and the Dodgers, 1-1A. and 1A. Braves are a plus 290. Dodgers are at plus 330. Then you get to the American League. Astros, scuffling a little bit, plus 700. Rangers, plus 850. Orioles, plus 950. Tampa, even though they got everything going on with Wanda Franco and McClanahan, they're still at 14-1. And here come the Seattle Mariners. The red-hot Seattle Mariners, 18-1. American League, Raheem, is where, to me, there is opportunity. Astros plus 340. Rangers plus 340. Orioles plus 380. Mariners plus 800. Tampa plus 600. I'm looking at that Seattle total, dude. I may be invested on them from the beginning of the year to win the World Series. They are red-hot. Julio Rodriguez is red-hot. They have pitching Why not the Mariners, dude? Am I crazy?
1: I don't think you're crazy at all. And I think the odds reflect that. I think they were like plus 400. I mean, they were plus 4,000 like like about a week ago. And then you look at the division. They're down to about plus 370. I think they were plus 1,500 the other day. So the market totally agrees with you right now. I mean, the pitching is good between Castillo, Castillo. I mean, Julio Rodriguez is the hottest player in baseball right now. So I don't think you're crazy at all. When you look at the Houston Houston Astros, they don't appear to be the same team that they were previously. So um, I think they're taking a step back. And The Texas Rangers, who are in first place in the AL West, to me, they just don't have the pitching. I, I don't trust the pitching rotation at all. I mean, they do have a plus 184 point differential. But I think they're a team that, I mean, could fade down the stretch.
0: And Older pitcher by the name of Max Scherzer leading that staff. Uh, they need a Valdi back. And they need a Valdi back in a big way to join Scherzer and to join Montgomery. And then maybe Texas could go and make that push. But they're vulnerable. There's no doubt they're vulnerable. If somebody's crashing a party, Raheem and the NL, it's not even close. It's your Phillies. Uh, the Braves look like the best team in baseball. The Dodgers are red hot. But I saw your team do it last year. They had pitching. They have guys that could take over a series from a lineup standpoint. Phillies 10-1 to to win a pennant to me is not a bad bet at all, dude. It's not.
1: Yeah, I, I, agree, I agree with that. What do, what do you think? I'm, I'm curious about what do you think about Milwaukee right now?
0: So they have pitching. I don't think they can score enough, dude. That's my biggest mm-hmm. issue with the Brewers. We've seen it in the postseason. They're going to be there. So you like having a team that you know is going to be a part of the tournament. I just don't know if Milwaukee offensively can do enough to win multiple playoff series. Where I see Philadelphia and I know... A guy like Harper can take over a series, or a guy like Schwauber can take over a series, or maybe Trey Turner finally even, shows even up. Even
1: Castellanos right now, even though anytime he hits a home run, it's like the worst thing
0: in the world happens. <laughs> yeah, because then he gets too homer happy. You're a thousand percent right about that. But the Phillies, no, still- I mean, I
1: mean, the, the, you didn't see the Castellanos me.
0: <laughs> no, is that well, no? I didn't. Well, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta share this. That this, so- this is what I got. I gotta get the text. Is it's not the Tom Brennerman thing, is it?
1: yeah so basically oh, okay. that's so become like the,
0: okay I got. that's you.
1: become the running joke on twitter that any time castellanos hits a home run something bad happens like there was like a castellano hit a home run one day and there was like an earthquake
0: oh so basically we can't have any <laughs> castellanos hitting home runs right, see where yeah. you going there fair enough on that note, Raheem. get ready i'm invested in your philadelphia phillies to win the world series i took that about two two and a half weeks ago so uh Philly special, New York, New York, joining forces. Look at that side.
1: I hope you're right, man. I really hope you're right.
0: <laughs> well, it's going to be tough beating those Atlanta Braves. I want to thank Stefan for stepping in for the War God Warrior. Boys are back next week. Raheem, I'm going to have a ring on my finger next week. What gives?
1: Oh, man. I,
0: I wish you the best of luck. I mean, w- did you have the bachelor party yet? Bachelor party's done. We got a wedding on Friday, bro. I'll see you there. All right, turn up. That's the move for Raheem. JJ, we out. Be good, everybody. Must be 21-plus in present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXTSTEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. one 800 now within Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org, or call one 800 327 4700